Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. So we all watched Kate Hudson take us through how to lose a guy in 10 days. Well, I'm joined today with Samantha Pseudo-Drucker. She's going to show us how to gain partner number two within 90 days. That's right. Today, I get carried away with author Samantha Pseudo-Drucker and her book, 90 Days to Husband Number Two. Let's get carried away. Hello. I'm so excited today to have Samantha Pseudo-Drucker. We are going to get carried away about her new book. That's right. I have an author on the podcast today. You're only my second author. So bravo to you. And her book, 90 Days to Husband Number Two. Very excited. But before that, I want to tell you, Samantha is a lifestyle genie. That's right. A genie in the lamp. She's also the co-host of Love and Design Project and Sexiest Timeless Talks, which P.S. yours truly was a guest on. She is the author of this great book. We're going to dive deep into it, Um, her dating technique, her system, and what she used to grab husband number two. Welcome, Samantha. Wow. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Carrie. I am quite honored. Thank you. And I'm so excited to get carried away with you. Yes, we are excited to have you. Um, You are the first person I've had on to first, the second person to be an author, but the first person to talk specifically about finding love. Um, and you've made a business out of it, which is phenomenal. Um, first off, before we get started into the book, I want to know the kind of technical side. So if anybody's out there thinking about writing a book or if they're going back and forth, what would be your advice to someone who's like, I could write a book about that? So my advice to somebody who's thinking that maybe they'd like to write a book, I would say, shoot some videos of yourself first, just talking, just talk out loud. You know, it's, you don't, you're not posting this. So just Mm -hmm. talk it out. What do you know? And then I would allow yourself to maybe grab some different color markers or pens and sort of just free doodle on a big piece of paper, flow chart, graph, doodle, whatever you want, just a free flow. And then ask yourself, are you passionate about this? Do you truly have something to say? Or do you just want to hear yourself talk? Because there's a lot of books out there. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And because I'm here to tell you to write a book is a lot of work. I thought it would never get done. I thought I would lose my mind. Um, So it's a big undertaking. And I started writing this book five years ago and I had the idea for it. And I finished the book during quarantine. Maybe it was quarantine that kind of like pushed you to finish it. It absolutely did because all of this staying at home business meant that you were had all of this time we all had all of this time on our hands all of a sudden to create to do to fix things to work on things ourselves our home to learn things to manifest things it's been an extraordinary year yeah it's definitely one of the gifts I could say the silver lining from the pandemic and being shelter in place and stuck at home is like I checked off a lot of home projects myself, you know, like shelves I wanted hung, you know, I had like this idea for an art installation. Now I can say they're proudly done. (laughs) Thanks to the pandemic. (laughs) Well, you know, my husband and I, my husband is a healthcare architect, um, Jeffrey Drucker, and he is a healthcare architect. And we bought this fantastic little place on the beach five years ago four years ago, four years ago. And we have not touched it. And it had not been touched, I think, since the 70s. And it took this pandemic for us to have the time to devote to do a, a you know, a serious renovation. And that has been... It's also 
we're in our homes more now, right? So I'm sure if him as an architect, he might not have ever been busier because people are now in their homes more. We're like, this place drives me crazy. Well, my husband, this? he's been busy because he designs hospitals. Oh, he's been real busy then. So he's been like super busy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even wow. know how he, how he did this year. I just stood next to him on the other zoom next door and was amazed. Yeah. That's incredible. Wow. Well, good for him. I'm good for you. And the new home renovations that are serving you better during this time. That's great. But, um, tell me about what inspired you to write this book. How did, what was your journey leaning up to this book? So my first husband point of meeting to my wedding day was within 90 days. Oh, okay. Yes. And I had just opened up my company at that time, Polished Social Image Consultants, before I graduated from lifestyle uh, expert image consultant to full-blown genie. So, you know, because we get more badass as we get older. So true. (laughs) So true. But along the way... 60% of my clientele were men. Okay. And I got a lot of men married. And to this day, they thank me. And I got some ladies married too. And it's not because I fixed them up. Although there was those moments that I did fix people up along the way. But I taught them how to hunt for themselves. And I taught them how to manifest love for themselves And then I got divorced and then I decided I did not want to be married because ladies, you don't need a man. You don't need a man. 2021, you don't need a man. But if you would like a man, (laughs) if you would like a a companion uh, in your life, a life partner, a husband, then, then this book 90 days to husband number two was written for you because after my divorce, I did not want to get married again. It took me eight years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Eight years. I was like, no, I just want to be single. I want to explore myself. I want to explore other people. I want (laughs) to do new things. Um, And I didn't feel like I had it in me to get married again because ladies, if you've been married before, you know that husbands require work. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of work. A relationship is a lot of work. Um, and and it's not like, you know, when you're single, you do what you want, when you want, how you want. And then when you're married, you're sharing a household and decisions and you, you're you know, with the same person all the time. And it's different. And there's no shame in getting divorced. I think, you know, that's a stigma that has sort of like carried over from the fifties and it's ridiculous because are you the same person now that you were at 20? Of course not. (laughs) Hell no. Thank God. I'm not. (laughs) Right. So we grow, we mature, we develop, and sometimes we grow apart as people. So then I was feeling like, you know, I'm ready for love again. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm in my late mid forties now. And I I think I'm, I'm ready. But at that time I was closing up my office and moving to a new country to start a new business. But then my girlfriend who, you know, uh, Delena Dixon, my co-host from sexiest timeless talks, she called me one day and said, Sam, you, you got to interview Joseph Shapira for me for fashion week. He was the, uh, he's the godfather of all digital dating. He created JD. He was the first. And then he created one for every single demographic and like sold it all to one of the big two. I was eHarmony or Magic. eHarmony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then he came out with an app for millennials and uh, it was going to launch on the Jewish New Year, which was coinciding with Fashion Week you know, shortly after. Yeah. So Delena called me and she's like, Sam, as our resident, you know, relationship, sex expert, whatever. And, and, um, and our, the only Jewish woman we have on staff, could you please do this interview? So I said, yeah, sure. And at the end of the interview, I was so moved, um, by, 
Joseph and what he had set out to do and how it all happened, because it grew out of divorce for him too, um, that that I said, I'm going to do more than a blurb. So this is where you put your chutzpah, where your app is. I passed him my phone and said, hook me up. I'm going to give you 90 days of coverage in my column, Ask Sam. And I'm going to call it 90 days to husband number two. And he said, oh, Montek, I love it. And, you know, he took my phone, tuck, tuck, tuck. I had an account. And then the dating started because I decided that I was, even though I was leaving the country forevermore, simultaneously, I was at a point in my life where I decided I was open to love again. So now I put myself in this position, 90 days to husband number two. What an absurd title, right? (laughs) Especially when I'm like packing and selling off my belongings. And, um, And I said, you know what? I do believe in miracles. I came to New York because I believe in opportunity and chance and hard work and that with, you know, 8 million people in that big city, somebody's got to click with you, right? Right. And, and that there's a whole world. If New York City isn't enough for you. If your city, wherever you are, is not enough for you, there's, there's a whole country, there's a whole world at your feet. There's so many men, so little time. It's like going to the supermarket. You can choose. It's like a candy store. So you have to get, you know, your mind right. But so when I was like, okay, I am going to do this. So if you're going to do it, don't half ass it. Do it 100%. the whole nine yards plus ten percent. Like, so I said, okay, I now I'm going to apply what I have taught all of my clients over a twenty year career, and I'm going to do it for myself. And I did the same thing with husband number one, and I did the same thing with all the clients. I was like, I am going to believe in the power of the possibility of what if just believe in what if what if it could happen what if and then it brings me to my first rule because i have 10 rules to find him my first rule is know what you want so hard what you know it seems so (laughs) simple but it's so true a lot of my single friends they're kind of uh, do I, I don't, uh, uh. right. Ladies, most women write I it down. About, yes. <laughs> ding, like, ding, 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 dong. That's it. You have to write it down. If you want to manifest something, whether it is a company, a new bicycle, a man, whatever it is, you've got to write it down, especially for like another human being. You have to write it down because if you don't know who you are looking for, how on earth will you find him? Right. And just so everyone knows, she leaves room in the book to write it down. Like, I love that in the book, there's like a page. It's like, write it here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, you're doing it now. I love it. It's not just like a shelf help book. Like you read it and then it just sits on the shelf. You actually have actionable items in the book, which is- It's a workbook. It's a workbook. I love that. Once you know who you're looking for, then you can know where to find him. And I have different techniques for finding him, but the number one rule is you got to know what you want and you got to write it down and it's your fantasy. So have at it, your imaginary man. And man, no man is perfect. Well, right? obviously. So, obviously. So once you do this list, you have to rate the facets of this person, this fictitious person in your list, because no man has it all. So you have to figure out what are you willing to sacrifice on and what is a A non-negotiable. Yeah. What's a non-negotiable. And then, and it's not only about the man, honey, it's about you. You also have to figure out, and this might be, you know, very different depending on where you are in your life, in your career, in your reproductive years. So you'll have to decide what do you want for yourself in the next five, 10 years? Yeah. Do you want to leave the city? Do you want to stay in the city? Do you want to have a family? Do you not want to have a family? Are you in your, you know, late thirties and it's, you know, as far as your eggs are concerned, it's last call at the bar. Like right. you, 
you got to figure these things out. So you have to have a write down a plan for yourself, your career, where you want to live, what you what you want your life to look like in the future. What are you going towards? And then you have to sort of value your your values and uh, and all of those things so that when he appears you recognize him and then knowing who you want helps you rearrange your social calendar and manage your time so that you can build in events into your calendar that would you know lead you uh, perhaps to run into somebody who's going to gel with you like you know the health nuts are at the gym the you know, art fanatics are at the galleries. I, you understand what I'm saying, Absolutely. Right? I think you should have to be specific as possible. Do you, should he have brown hair? Can he be bald? Do you want him over five foot 11? Can he be five, six? You know, like very, yes. very, very specific. Don't just put a nice guy. Right. No, very specific. Right. And um, so I, you do. All I love that. that. And so then I started writing this column and I, and I started, I was on like three dating sites and I was like, I made it like my job. I had two jobs. One was to pack and leave the country. One was to believe in what if, and maybe see if I could find myself a husband, a new love. I believe in love. So I was ready in my life for love again. You have to be ready. And then as you're assessing all of these things, because Everything in life is a game of seduction and everything in life is a negotiation. percent. Every friendship, every relationship, every job opportunity, everything in life is a negotiation. So you have to know what makes you so great. And I mean that as a double-sided question because I do mean what makes you so great why are you so fabulous? Exactly. You're smart, you're pretty, you're kind, you're generous, you're a great cook, whatever it is, you got to write out what makes you so great. And the flip side of that, what makes you so great is, well, what makes you so great? Because like, I run into a lot of women, they're like, oh, he's got to be six feet tall, he's got to be a football player, he's got to be this, he has to be rich, he has to be this, he's got to be that. And I'm like, honey, okay, that's fantastic. But what are you bringing to the table? Mm -hmm. because if that's what you are after, then you have to like rise. You have to be at that level. We right. have to rise to that occasion. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have to be very aware of your assets and your shortcomings. You know, we're not perfect either. No, um, so that's true. Self-awareness is a huge part of it. Can't be del delusional ladies. You know what I mean? Like Chayden Tanning isn't going to come knocking on the door <laughs> just because right. you manifested him. <laughs> exactly. So you need like a tiny dose, not a big dose, just a, a raindrop of a reality. Reality. <laughs> yeah. Just just a raindrop. I, I don't like to, to put limits on people or their thinking. And I like to believe that impossible is nothing, but you, just a raindrop of reality. Love that. How did you know you were ready for love after you took that, that eight hour for the women that are listening. And what, what was like, where were you at to be like, okay, I'm ready to open my heart again. You said you took like seven, eight years off. Eight years. Focused on, yeah. Focused on you. Yep. Um, but what was kind of like, okay, I'm ready now. I had, you know, like when you like go off your diet and you binge, right? And then you eat 100%. like all the chocolate. You don't like chocolate, I know. But like you eat cheese. all the- I eat cheese. all the cheese. Okay, cheese. <laughs> so you eat all of your fetish food, whatever that is. And then you're like, oh my God, I feel so guilty. Oh my God, what did I do? Right? And then you're like, okay, I'm over it. Okay, I'm going back to the gym tomorrow. That's it. So, okay. So my gluttony was eight years. <laughs> And then after eight years, um, I was like, okay, I want a life partner. Yeah. I am, you know, I was, like I said, the later half of my forties and I was thinking to myself, okay, the future is coming. It's, you know, staring at me in the face. And what do I want the next 30, 40 years of my life to look like? And, um, 
Yes, okay. When you are, and I'm going to sound so old fashioned right now. I know people are going to roll their eyes and say, oh my God, she's so 50s. But like when you are young and 20 and sparkling and you're like, I'm going to live forever. And then you go to the club and you go to the club and you can dance all night long and eat whatever you want. You don't even know what you want. You don't even know who you are. How can you possibly know who you are when you're still a baby? So, but so it's different. But after you get to like your 40s, you know who you are, know where you're at, know what you making your own money. You're making own money. You might own a home. Yeah. You know, you've got assets, maybe. Yes. (laughs) And you've evolved. And so after I went on my eight year, I don't want to. I don't want to give myself that way. I can't go there again. Um, and, And when I say there, I'm actually referring to something in my book where I say you can only lose your virginity once. Ooh, do tell. <laughs> because when we women get married the first time, right, most of us are young and we're like, oh, forever, forever, <laughs> forever. And, and, and then you grow up and get divorced and, and, and you're like, oh, forever is no such thing. Like the tooth fairy and Santa Claus don't exist either. No, Mm -hmm. forever is no such thing. And I think that that is what trips a lot of women up to move on when they're ready. Because they're like, oh, the first time was a disaster. So I can't do this again because forever. No. So it's the second or third or fourth, whatever husband, you are more mature. You know yourself better. You know what you want because you have a different perspective of time and life. Um, you know, once you hit a certain chapter of your life and, and it's so part of it is maturity. Um, and, and I don't, it's not practical and I'm calculated would also be the wrong word, but it is a, I think a, a wiser decisive you can make decisive better decisions more informed you. decisions yeah it's based on experience informed. yes and so you know you're no longer the 20 something you know blushing bride who's like oh forever oh my god santa claus <laughs> you know and by the time you're 40 you're like all right all right hold up <laughs> hold up a second <laughs> i think you need to have your stuff in order because you know I totally, I totally agree with you. Um, it's also, I feel like when you hit your forties, you're more inclined to, I know I w- am far more inclined to be advocating for myself where in my twenties, if I was on a bad date or I was just kind of like uncomfortable, I just sat through it the longest dates ever. But one of the things you mentioned in your book was like, if you know, he's not the one say bye, be polite, say bye. I think that's so empowering because so many women stick in it too long thinking they're going to change him or it's them and they need to change. So I love that you say, cut your losses, go move on to the next guy. I think that comes from our experience. Yes, it does. It does. And because we don't got that kind of time. We don't got that kind of time as professional, modern, on the go women. So I have a slightly controversial technique. Ooh, Love it. <laughs> some people are going to like slut shame me. Well, you're just ignorant. not the people that listen to this show, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have in the back of my book, I have created a black book for you ladies because your schedule to find your ideal person is going to take some work and it's going to take a lot of nights out and it's going to take stamina and energy. And you're going to go on a lot of dates. I mean, if you're really going to get married between now, 90, days 90 days now and 90 days from now, or at least get a commitment to find love, find love in this big wide world in the three lunar cycle period is going to take some effort. So you're going to have to, very tight schedule and you're going to have to 
keep them all straight. So I've created this black book here. So Love that. He put in his criteria for black book. So you put his name, website, or alias, uh, rating at a glance, surname, physical attributes, uh, height, hair, eye color, uh, profession, phone number, email, uh, website where met, um, other form of meeting, introduction by a mutual friend, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. um, out in the world, for example, a Starbucks, the Ritz, an event, uh, Whole Foods, uh, a meet cute. You know, you have this sort of a romantic sitcom meet cute with somebody. Your first impression, values, compatibility, and chemistry, because ladies compatibility and chemistry are two different things and they are (laughs) your soulmate must have both yes they do both see um assets flaws uh date one two three four five six seven and general notes and then a heart rating system here why dates one through seven because because you don't have time to waste. So my technique here is called the rotation schedule. And the rotation. (laughs) Like I said, I might get slut shamed by some people, but I'm not sleeping with them. I'm just going out with them. And it's nobody's business, but my own. Um, I agree. Right. It's your life. You deserve to look for love. Don't have time to waste. And You are the prize. It's not the other way around. I meet people who are like, oh, he asked me out, so I'm going to go out on a date with him. Well, maybe, you know, you don't, do you even like this guy? Because people, women tend to feel like they, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like being at the, at the first dance you go to in like seventh grade and you're up against the wall and you're just praying that somebody will come up and ask you to dance. I don't know if the kids still do that these days, but, but back in my day, it was like that. And, and you know, you, so women think that, you know, he's got to walk across the room. Well, in an ideal world, yes, he does have to make the move. Um, But when I met my husband, I did hit the like button. And that was the first time I'd ever hit the like button in my entire life. Um, You know, you have to put yourself out there. You know, you you can't you you can't sell what nobody sees. Right. You didn't know you needed that cute pair of shoes in the window until you saw them. It decided to live without them. That's what you are for him. You know, he's out there somewhere and you're a cute pair of shoes, right? That he can't live without. But he, he, you know, he's got to know that you're there. He has to know that you exist. So you're going to make yourself the star of your own reality show. That's right. You are the bachelorette. And so these gentlemen get up to seven dates. So when you, you to get a rose. them all yeah. contestants. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, Michael number one, you know, you have a date with him and then there's, you know, Michael number two and you have a date with him and you decide and then Michael number three and you have a date with him. Um, And that's why I also have this black book so you can keep all three Michaels straight and not get them confused. (laughs) That happens too. And then you go on. So you've had a first date with all three Michaels, but the first Michael is not doing it for you. So he goes away and now you have space in your world and your life for another first date with somebody else. And then the other two Michaels, let's say they have a second and a third date and, and the second Michael makes it to the fourth round and the third Michael, he doesn't make it past the third date. Right. So that's how you, you just keep it rolling, keep it moving. Keep up the and rotation ladies. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I mean, all of the years, that, you know, men have sort of, I'm going to use the casting couch analogy, right? You know, it's, it's, if you're going to cast your leading man in the movie, that is your life. You should look at some resumes, ladies, mm-hmm. and you should audition definitely them, <laughs> audition them. Um, oh. Don't sleep with them, but audition them. 100%. Um, and so that that is, you know, one of my favorite parts of my book is this little rotation schedule, schedule. Uh, technique that I have created for you. Because I love that. I, I think that's such an important tool, though, um, 
you know, with that comes with the book. It's a great like companion piece. Um, I know when I was reading through it, one of the things you just mentioned was chemistry and compatibility, right? You need both. Um, and when I was reading through it, you gave, it was just like, okay, you should always have these things stocked in your house, in your fridge. Casey comes over after dinner and I'm looking at the list. I was like, yeah, wine, vodka, whiskey, got that. And I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, I had all of that when I was first dating my husband and everything. And then I came to celery and I was like, celery, what is the celery for? Maybe it's for bloody Mary's in the morning. I'm like, Wait a minute. And then I kept reading. I was like, oh, I'm making him a smoothie because he's a health nut. But let me tell you what, when I went on my first date with my husband, first I went to his house because I was coming from graduate school. So I was like, I'll just come to your house. <laughs> he had nothing in the refrigerator, but he offered to make me a gin and tonic. And at the time I didn't know he wasn't a drinker. He did not make the gin and tonic like in a highball glass. All he had was water glasses. <laughs> that was like eight ounces. And he makes me this drink. <laughs> eight ounces. And I'm like, is this guy trying to get me drunk? Like what is happening here? And he just said, I'm not really a drinker. I don't know if this tastes any good. I was like, I don't need it. it let's just go. But it just made me laugh seeing, you know, how much we prepare and we put thought and effort. And it would be so nice if, a man read this book. If men read this book and were like, oh, that's what they're doing. So they had a little bit more foresight to be like, oh, I do need to have manners. I do need to open the door for her. Yes, men, you do. Oh, um, yes. Oh, manners are so important. I'm going to tell you another one of my secrets. Um, yes. So I won't open a door. Oh. I will just stand there and play dumb with a smile on my face, batting my eyelashes with a big smile. And I'll just stay right there until he gets it. Now, did your husband and get it? Did yes, he open he got it? He he knew. Did he, did I you just, have to wait or did he open it knowing? No, he, he opened it. Yeah. He was a gentleman. But, you know? Yeah. But it, and you have to look for those things and, you know, same. If he takes you out to dinner, I just stand until somebody, him or the waiter, pulls out a chair from me. Yeah. Which, how embarrassing is that? The waiter understands, but you don't? I'll just, like I said, just ladies, just stand there with a big smile on your face. Like, really, a sweet, lovely smile. Bat your eyelashes and just stand there demurely and smile. Just radiate loveliness. He'll get it. He'll get it. Good Absolutely. for you for being a lady. It's up to us to train him. If we complain as women that there's no princes left in this world, that is our fault. I got this. Mm. because you're going to say, well, what about the fathers? Please, ladies. Okay. When you need to get something done, especially when it comes to the education of children, you know that it's that's that's from it's the us. mother. So your mm -hmm. you know, mothers, we have to raise our sons cousins, nephews, we have to raise the young men coming up in our families to, to be princes. We have to teach them what it is to be a man and what is expected of them from women. What, you know, how we want them to treat women, that yes. women are supposed to be treated well. And hopefully you have, a, you know, you foster good relationships with your sons and nephews and little cousins and the like, because it's Brothers. our job, ladies, <laughs> because if we don't educate these men to, to be nice to women and to like women and to behave well with women. Um, respect women. <laughs> yes, respect women um, and to value women and to put us on pedestals and to be a gentleman it's up to us or we, we have no right to complain because it's our fault. Yeah. How many frogs before you met your prince? Oh, so many frogs. How many frogs I think should be a shade of lipstick? All right. You heard that. <laughs> you heard that OPI. You heard that uh, Kylie Jenner, yeah. whoever out there is making makeup. Yes, That's Dan Samantha Dan is trademarking that. Yes. Danny Stein over at Cinema Secrets of Your More Cosmetics. Guys, how many Mac. frogs should be a shade of red? 
Um, so, <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. so I have a chapter in my book called Getting Your Mind Right. And it's called A Few Bad Dates because you're going to have so many bad dates. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm mm-hmm. not like, oh, no, it's going to be easy. It's like somebody so tells you, right? Like people tell you that intermittent fasting is going to easy I mean they're lying <laughs> they're lying you know push-ups are not easy and 90 days to husband number two is not easy it could be fun but it's not easy it's not complicated but it's no. not easy it's gonna take some work it's gonna take the right mindset from you ladies out there you're gonna have to get your mind right you're going to have to remember why you're doing this because you want to find love and you'd like a life partner um, that is suitable for you. And because you're going to go on a lot of bad dates. A, a lot, lot of, bad. of bad dates. So I'm going to share with you, Carrie, my horrific date story. Yay. <laughs> so, and, and, and this is like right before I met my husband. So I went out on this date. The guy was a little bit, I thought maybe a bit too young for me, but just marginal, maybe is okay. You know, if he was very mature, maybe. So I I went to go have a look-see. First off, I was a little bit taken aback that I had to go to uptown. Like, why Mm -hmm. is he not coming downtown? But then Mm -hmm. again, I wanted you know, I, I wanted to be out of my neighborhood. So I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll meet him uptown at a, you know, somewhere public. And we had a date to go have a coffee at Starbucks, you know, a mid-afternoon date. Because ladies, you got to pack in a couple dates a day. You can have room for coffee dates. You have room for lunchtime dates. You have dinner dates. So use your time wisely. So... I had a coffee date and he brought his dog with him. I was like, oh, okay, cute dog. But okay. He's like, I thought we could, you know, go for a walk. Well, his dog is like badly behaved. And then, and he's like, oh, we're going to, you know, go for a walk. And I'm like, really? In my (laughs) Chanel stilettos? Really? Do I look like I'm dressed to go for a walk? Okay, so men don't get it. They really, they don't. They didn't they, tell they, you ahead of time. Hey, we're going to go for a walk in Central Park. Right. Some comfortable I would shoes. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm like all like on, on point on my tiptoes. <laughs> and, and I'm walking, you know, on bricks, whatever. And then his dog pees on my peep to Chanel pumps. No. I was just livid. I was beyond, I I couldn't even say anything. I was so not amused. And then this guy thinks his dog's cute and then has the nerve to grab me and kiss me. After he peed on, after the dog peed on your shoes? Right. And I like, he thought it was cute or something. And oh, you know, because it was a puppy, whatever. And I was like, uh, no. Um, I was like, first of all, don't nah. grab me. Mm-hmm. I will kill you. <laughs> don't grab me. <laughs> but I was like, uh, okay, yes. Sometimes we want to be grabbed and kissed, ladies. Come on, admit it. You know, it's of true. course. <sighs> Deep sigh. We all want to be grabbed yes. and kissed sometimes. But when we want to be grabbed and kissed, will let you know <laughs> don't yes. just assume and take liberties there's a difference 100 percent. oh my gosh <laughs> so what did, how did you get out of the date so i left i was like i yeah. i have to go and i was like wow i like wasted taxi money and everything and i was shoes. like oh, shoes forget <laughs> it so i went home and i had to write my column 90 days to husband number two and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I can't take it anymore. I've got like another like six weeks left. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, or it was another four weeks left, something like that. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was in the middle, right in the middle towards the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. You know what? Maybe I can just make up the rest of the 90 days. I'll just make things up. I'll just make it up. Right. 
And I was like, oh, Sam, you cannot throw your journalistic integrity out the window over something stupid like men. So I was like, you know what? I lament that I told my readers that they had to have a sense of humor, but I did because it's true. And I have to take my own medicine and have yeah. a sense of humor. So I was like, oh, okay. You know what? Just just one more swipe because I don't really have time for this anymore. So I was like, okay, one final swipe. If not, I nothing happened. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just make things up. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> so I'm swiping through, and I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, that is a grown up. That's an adult. That is not a kid. That's a man. And he had this intelligent face with this big glowing mm. megawatt smile and dimples. He just radiated energy and kindness and intelligence. Mm. It was all in his face, his smile, his eyes. So ladies, look at those pictures, read those bios, and also yourself, make sure you have a good bio, good picture, good caption, all of that. I explain about how to do all of those things in my book. Um, mm-hmm. which is available on Amazon. So I was doing all of that and I, I, I saw him and I was like, oh, I can't take it anymore. But you know what? Just one final swipe, just one final swipe. And there he was. And I was like, okay, I don't know who this man is. I don't know where it's going to go. I had no expectations at that point. I was like, but I would like to know this man. That's yeah. what I said to myself. I said, I would like to know this man. I don't care where it goes. I just want to know. So I did the thing that I had never done in my entire life. And I hit the like button and nothing exploded. (laughs) (laughs) And he texted me back, you know, he sent me a message back. And then the messaging started to get more uh, frequent. And then there was, we stepped, you know, we elevated it to a phone call and then he, I don't know if he was trying to impress me or what, but he started speaking French. So I started speaking French and then we both found out that not only are we both um, uh, Jewish, but we're both first generation uh, Franco-American. So both of our families are uh, from France and, uh, and we both have a family uh, in from Latin America that you know live in Latin America. So I was like, "Oh wow, this man might actually understand me because we are sharing uh, spirituality. We're sharing uh, two culture. languages, three languages together. So we have culture in common." Um, and, and similar situations, both the eldest, both uh, immigrant parents. So we had a lot of backstory and a lot of commonalities um, and, and language, culture-based things to, uh, to unify us. But once again, ladies, compatibility is not the same as chemistry. So you are different and you need both. So having said that, we had six dates before I left the country. And yeah, and uh, our first date, you know, he had decided that I was leaving and so that there was no chance for us. He didn't want to start. But then he called me and said he needed dance lessons for the holidays. And he had read my bio and saw that I used to be a professional ballroom dancer. And could I give him some lessons? And so I said, sure. Um, you know, if this is not going anywhere, this is what, just professional? He said, yeah, just professional. I'm like, absolutely. No problem with pleasure. Here's my rate. And uh, and I will book a, a floor at a dance studio, and you'll have to cover that as well. And um, perfect. What day time is good for you? So, so we had a date, and one dance lesson turned into... 
two hours of dance lessons because he just wanted to keep going. And I was like, eh, you're done. Um, so, okay. <laughs> um, and then he's like, oh, you know, want a bite to eat? And so we walked down the block to a restaurant and, you know, a coffee turned into dinner and a bottle of wine. And four hours later, Aww. just a little kiss, just mm-hmm. a little kiss. A little kiss, ladies. I didn't say like a whole makeout session. A little kiss. And that was our first date. And adorable. Thank you. And then uh, he asked me another date. I think it was like the third date was to go and meet him at his office. Something men like to do. They want to. Go off there in in their office in their place of power. <laughs> yes. yes, right. They can't beat their chest and slay a beast for us anymore. <laughs> so they they got to show us their office. Okay. So I was I told him I was like if if you were trying to impress me with your corner office on Park Avenue, I'm not. Those things don't impress me. Uh, you know, if it's you know to use your um desk as some sort of, you know, phallic extender. I'm not, I'm not impressed. And he said, no, 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 it's not that. No. Um, I want you to see the energy I've created in this office. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm listening. Now I'm interested. You want to talk to me about energy and, and, and how your troops adore you. Now I'm interested. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I thought, okay, I'll be there. So I walked into his office and he had this um, terrific view of this neoclassic building across the street um, with this really terrific vantage point and had like this beautiful relief work. And I said to him, oh, wow, what a beautiful vantage point you have of the neoclassic uh, building across the street and, and it's relief work. How beautiful. And he said, wow, you're the first person that's ever commented on it. You're the first person to ever mention it. Wow. Wow. So, (laughs) okay. I was like, thanks mom for teaching me all about architecture. So, um, so then, you know, we got to talking more and he realized that I, um, you know, grew up in my mother's design studio and her design firm. And, you know, she's a multidisciplinary uh, designer, including architecture. She was like a, the equivalent of a doctorate in architecture from France. Uh, so she's a big deal industrial graphic designer. Um, and, and so I was able to speak to him in yet another language. That's, uh, that's, that's incredible. The language of, of architecture. architecture. So to make a long story short, we had six dates before I left the country. Between dates four and five, he went to go all by himself to Boston to meet my mother because he was speaking on a panel and uh, at an architectural uh, event and was, you know, for sure that my mom was going to be there. And so I called her and I was like, hey, um, you know, new friend, uh, went on a few dates, an architect and, you know, he's speaking in Boston and thought, you know, you might be at this event. And she said, um, oh yes, my friend is the moderator. (laughs) Tell him just to send me a ticket and I will be there. So I was like, okay. So I I call him and, um, I was like, send mom a ticket and she'll be there. So he went and met my mom and took care to afterwards, you know, coffee became dinner and my mom is difficult. So, but uh, she took him to not one restaurant, too loud. Second restaurant, she didn't like the table. Third restaurant was sufficient. So, <laughs> so when she tells me this the next day, I call, so, you know, mom, how'd it go? Oh, we went here, we went there, we did this, they're too loud, it was a bad table, so we went there, and I was like, oh my God, mom, you're not helping. So, so 
uh, it, and so I called back Jeffrey and I was like, oh, so, you know, how was it? Blah, blah, blah. Did you have fun? How you? Oh, your mother is so fantastic. She's so fascinating. And I was like, uh, I heard that uh, she, you went to three restaurants. <laughs> He's like, yes, you know, the first restaurant, too loud. Second, not the good table. And so we went to her third. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, no, your mom was absolutely right. And I was like, where did you come from? Now <laughs> so, I'm watching this guy. <laughs> now I'm watching. Now I'm really paying attention. And so date five, you know, was like a, you know, another dinner. Six, the sixth date, I was leaving the next morning. And we were supposed to have brunch and I had been up late packing and ordered some Thai food and had a horrible case of food poisoning. Oh no. My suitcases were still not closed and I still had to go to the bank at the post office at Western Union and all that jazz. And I was beside myself. And so I called Jeffrey and I was like, I'm so sorry. I so wanted to see you today, but... I'm leaving tomorrow and this and that and the other. Yeah. And oh my God. And I'm, you know, just uh, out of my mind. And he's like, don't move. Stay there. I'll be there in 30 minutes. And I was like, huh? He came to me in 30 minutes, like Batman with his utility belt. And we went to the bank and the post office and this and that. And by the end of the day, he had taken care of everything. He had closed my suitcase. He had put me in order. Oh, he was amazing. He helped me, you know, basically carried me around the neighborhood doing all these errands and like, you know, straightening things out for me. Um, And I was like, wow, this man is like amazing. And he gave me as a parting gift, a wallet for good luck in my new ventures, which I thought was very sweet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and some chocolate truffles for the road. (laughs) And so I just thought that was really sweet. And he said, we had this one magical kiss as the sun was setting. And he said, would you come back for the holidays? And I said, well, if you send me a ticket, I would love to. And thinking, well, men say all kinds of things. Sure. The next day I hop on the plane. I get to the other side. I reach the doorstep and it's him on the phone. So we FaceTimed or WhatsApp, or, you know, we were on video chat mm-hmm. for eight weeks straight, almost 24 hours a day. We would have wow. breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. I would be like a fly on the wall at his meetings, <laughs> his presentations. He had me, you know, in his pocket for eight weeks, and we would just, you know, talk like this, and and we got to know each other. And because we couldn't touch each other, mm-hmm. we got to know each other. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So do not sleep <laughs> with them, ladies. That's if you want to stay single and enjoy it, do whatever you want. If you want to get married, do not sleep with them. Just the way it works. Not to sound like your mother. It's just the way they're wired. Men, they have to hunt it down and kill it or they're not interested. So they have to work for it. It was no fun for them. So, so that's, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. So and, and I call men animals and beasts, but I don't really mean it. You know, I love men, obviously. Um, so, huh. Huh. so that so that is that. So the ticket came. I went back for the holidays. The holidays turned into three months. And then he had to go back to Colombia, which is where I was, and meet some of my family and, you know, make his intentions clear to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't going to go back to stay if there wasn't commitment. Yes. Which brings me to ladies, you are not a shack up kind of a gal. We're not looking for boyfriends. Right. Even if you in your personal life, in your past, have been all loosey goosey, whatever. If your favorite song from the musical Oklahoma is, <laughs> I'm just a girl who can't say no. I get you. I feel you. I feel you. I do. That was my favorite song. But, but no, if you want a husband, don't sleep with them. Right. I, I agree. There's something about mystery and, just taking it a little bit slow and this kind of swipe dating culture. It's like, bam, 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 like slow down, slow down, slow down. 
you know, and this is sort of, you know, why sort of people get addicted to porn. They can just swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and then they get desensitized. And I think um, that is one of the pitfalls that uh, digital dating has sort of done to us, all the swipe and swipe. It's like being at the checkout at the supermarket, you know. It's true. (laughs) And if you really don't think you can control yourself, ladies, I mean, give me the advice my mother gave me. Don't shave your legs. (laughs) You won't sleep with them. I love that advice. That's advice. <laughs> you won't. You'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, actually. That's um, hilarious. Well, so, I love this story. So how soon did you get married after all of this? So marriage took a little bit longer, um, but, and the proposal itself took a little longer than was suitable for me. Um, but I knew it was coming because he had made it clear to my mother of his intentions um, and that we were just, you know, we were, but we're older in life. So we're not going to, you know, make mistakes. So I, I came back with him and to start a life. And then I started renovating his parents' apartment that um, they had left him. And I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I can't leave him like this. So, you know, but I had started that on the holidays already. I'd started like, gotcha redoing his place and and then I was like walk with me and he's like I'd love to build a life with you Samantha. I want to build a life with you and could I start by building you a kitchen and I looked at him and I was like excuse me don't get it twisted just because I like to cook like I right right? he's like no no I didn't mean it that way it's just because you like to cook so I'd, I'd like to like build you like fantastic kitchen I was like okay that's that's different okay walk with me let's take down this wall let's do that let's do this let's do this and he's like okay okay so that took a while and then we finished that renovation and also he knew that uh in my former you know uh life as an image consultant I architected a lot of proposals for men they would come to me and say, architect me a proposal. I hear you do that. And it was an item on my menu on my website back then. And so I did that. And so he knew that. And so he's like, oh, I got to come up with something good. And so it it took a little time. Um, And because I usually say to my clients, you know, that are women, he gets a year. He gets a year and then you move on. And... For one reason or another, they you know, kept, you know, and to be fair, he had a major surgery in between all of this somewhere. So I cut him a little slack. So it was like a year and a half until the proposal, but we had already renovated the home together and the We're proposal life. was, yeah. right. and the proposal was extraordinary. It was a private yacht with champagne, um, on, uh, you know, in the harbor with uh, the Brooklyn Bridge on one side of me and the Statue of Liberty on the other. Because he knew that the Statue of Liberty was my, was my all-time favorite statue. One, because she is French. She's a gift from France, people. Yeah. The Statue of she's Liberty, French. she's French. And she's a Sephardic Jew, like me. Mm. The, the, the little uh, caption that she holds in her book was actually written um, by a, a a young Jewish woman immigrant from New York. Um, and her, you know, and she came over, you know, with her parents and they were in the garment business, textile business. And uh, she's the one that wrote the epitaph. Uh, so um, I did not know that. Wow. Yes, yes. A Sephardic Jewish woman wrote, wrote not the epitaph the the the, the caption in her mm-hmm. in lady liberty's book give me your your cold your sick your Time. poor your everybody right. mm-hmm. and uh and isn't it interesting to know that of course a woman would have written that the whole Obviously. open arms give me <laughs> every problem in the world and i will solve it and yeah with love you know because that's what women do and um and so it's my favorite statue so we were on this yacht drinking champagne the moon and the sun were out at the same time the whole sky was like pink and gold and beautiful the statue of liberty the brooklyn bridge uh, battery park city just all gleaming in in the dusk and it was 
so beautiful and so romantic. And he got down on one knee and said all of these beautiful things that I could barely remember because I was like, oh my God, this is happening. This is happening. (laughs) So, uh, and so that was the proposal. And then he architected our wedding. And uh, he was the wedding planner. I gave him the ideas and things that I, you know, hoped for or would like or what I thought would be good. And we had like a family wedding in Paris on a, on a boat on a bateau mouche. And we went around the Seine with a, with a hundred relatives and a few close friends. Beautiful. And it was beautiful. Wow. How long ago was that? How long have you guys been married? Uh, Three and a half years, I want to say, or four and a half years. Hmm. I'm losing track of time. You know, it's because of pandemic. Yes, the pandemic. We all lost. It was like a week. We don't even know what day it is. (laughs) But that's when I decided I needed to write this book because you know, both husbands, number one and two, it was a commitment within 90 days, a lifetime commitment within 90 days, and I had done the same. For so many of my clients, um, and like I said, many of the men. So I also got to learn about what goes on in the minds of men. And, and so that's how this book was born. That's so fantastic, Samantha. Remind us where we can find it. You can find my book on Amazon, um, or you can go to my website, socialimage.net and buy it there or Instagram. If you click on me, Samantha Pasuto Drucker, and then the link is in the bio. Um, Perfect. Oh, and I have a surprise for all of your, your viewers. So I have started a Facebook group called 90 days to husband number two. And what you get is you get Sharon Polsky of unleashed fitness for women who created a 90 day fitness program for my readers and it's free. And every day there is a new workout for you to do and a, a progress tracker. So you can check off that you've, you know, eaten your spinach, drank your water, did your workout and you check it off because you either did it or you didn't. It's called accountability, ladies. That's true. Right. And you comment uh, when you've done the workout and that's how she knows that you've done it. And it is free. All you have to do is buy my book. Okay. (laughs) What's the name of the Facebook group after we buy the book? 90 days to husband number two. How perfect. <laughs> so you buy the book and the group is free. And I love that. Help get in your best self, right? And and sometimes we just need help. Sometimes it takes a village. Us women need to support each other. So we're there. And every week, Sharon and I talk about a new fitness topic, our five cornerstones of fitness. And we have different topics like time management, how to shop groceries wisely, things to do, little hacks, tips. Every week, something new. There are little videos we put out. And it's all there for you for free. Oh, thank you. And uh, I'm really excited about it. So generous. We need to get our minds right. We need to I'm support. With you. Right? I'm with you. We need to support each other. I love that. Thank you so much for offering that. So everyone, head over to Amazon, 90 Days to Husband Number 2 by Samantha Pseudo Drucker. And then you can join the face fabulous Facebook group. Yes. Loving that. We Wait, before the 90 we... Day to Diva Fitness Challenge. Love that. I love that. Before we go, my favorite question, I always like to wrap with three things that people get carried away about that you just can't wrap your head around. Like for me, it's like, I can't drink matcha tea. It tastes like dirt. I don't know how people can drink that stuff. Um, But what are three things that you're just kind of like, what? The three things that I just don't get into and other people love. So I don't follow the herd. I don't like following the herd. I don't like being part of a corporate calendar, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, uh, Oscars, that award, this award, that award, MTV. I don't need to be, um, my life doesn't need to be controlled by a corporate holiday system. Um, And sometimes I I just want to unplug. And 
The other thing is, it's going to sound crazy, but social media. (laughs) It's like homework for me. I mean, I know it's important and I do want to communicate with all of you. I do, I do, I do. But I was not, I did not grow up holding a phone and doing like this. It's, it's so for me, it's like doing math homework. (laughs) No, I've said it and and I just, I'm not a big fan, but I know it must be done. Um, and the other thing is um, fashion. And you're like, what? But you're an image consultant, Sam. Well, yes. I mean, if I had a perfect body, I'd probably just prefer to walk down the street naked. But since you can't do that and I must wear clothes, I choose clothes for me. Therefore, I have my own signature style that works for me. And I really don't care what the color of the season is, what the hemline this year is, what the line is, what I could care less. I only care if it works on me. If, If the fashion of the season happens to suit my body and my coloring and my style and my whole feeling, you know, my whole persona, then I'm like, yay, terrific. And if it has nothing to do with me, who cares at all? Bye. I don't feel um, that I have to buy something just because it's the trend. I I don't, you know, some trends, you know, are fun. And if they work for you, great. But I don't ever feel that I need to be a slave to trend or fashion. And uh, yeah. And my, my one pet peeve is bad table manners. Ooh, yeah. Come on. I don't like that either. That bugs me. Drives me crazy. (laughs) That gets me carried away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Samantha. Congratulations on this book. Your your story of love is so compelling. And I'm so glad you were able to share it with everyone. And to just get carried away about love is something I'm all about. Thank you so much. And everybody head to Amazon and grab this book. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, Carrie. This has been beautiful talking to you. And really all I just ever wanted to do, I get carried away by wanting people to live their best life as the best version of themselves. I hope you learned something new. Now, if you are a female founder, thought leader, disruptor, and you're like, I can be on that show, then you need to email me with some topics. Email me directly, carrie at bra-network.com or send me a DM on the IG at bra underscore network. I'm always looking for fabulous, fierce females to feature. And hey, if you're a guy, I'll feature you too because we all have knowledge to share. Until then, thank you for getting carried away. Go ahead and like and subscribe to all the things and all the places. Until next time, have a great day. Stay safe. Wear a mask.